For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Three losses in a row, capped by a 6-1 stinker against the Devils. And you had to wonder how this team was going to respond this weekend. Well, don't wonder anymore. And definitely don't wonder ever who leads the way. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes to you bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or Baseball. I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates. Penguins three, Blue Jackets two here in Columbus. I'm not going to lie. The first couple periods of this had me thinking that the Penguins had spent all of their emotion and energy the previous day in that uh, wonderful, uplifting, playoff-style shutout of New York back home. But they found something extra here. And they put together a two-goal third, a gorgeous power play setup for Evgeny Malkin. And then the captain came through. 2.14 left. He went hard to the net, took Jack Roslovic with him. Roslovic was actually riding him. And the two of them arrive at the crease and Elvis Merzlikens tries to reach up over them with his glove. And Sid runs into that, too. Puck drops down in front of Sid. He's the only one who knows where it is there. And he's at the beach and shoots it into the ocean. An outstanding effort. And it was part of a weekend's worth of outstanding efforts from him. I felt like in the game against New York... He was not only the Penguins' best player, but also their most physical. Yes, I said physical as it relates to Sidney Patrick Crosby. And the reason for that is he was the one that was setting the tone. He was the one who was doing the pushing and shoving between whistles, often instigating it. Why? Well, simply put, it's not to send a message to the opponent. That sort of thing hardly ever works. The message that he's actually sending, and it does get received, is back to his own bench. It's to those third and fourth liners who never, ever, ever score goals. But at least you can get something out of them if they play with passion and grit and grime and all that other intangible stuff that they really ought to be getting anyway from people who never score. Sid was outstanding, including here last night. Here's Mike Sullivan on that subject afterward. It's a, it's a huge goal at such a big time. You know, um, I just I, I just loved our resilience tonight. It was it was a hard fought game, and uh, and I think you know I think he personified it. You know, and, and that 
that goal is, it was an example of it. Just, you know, he's so good around the net. The, he's, in my mind, the best player in the game and in and around the net. He's so strong on pucks and he's, you know, and, and he plays with a ton of courage. He, he goes to that area all the time. He's got one of the best sticks in the league. Um, you know, I, I just think the, the resilience that the group showed um, and, and just staying with it, just staying with it. And and we felt like our power play had a lot of really good looks. If we were going to get another one, we felt like we were going to score. I actually said that to them after the second period. Um, you know, and, and they end, those guys did a terrific job. They ended up getting it done for us. But, you know, Sid's goal at the end, I, th- I just think, is just personifies the resilience that, that this team showed tonight. I love that. He, he paints the goal as symbolic or emblematic. I'm here to tell you in a lifetime of covering sports, I have not dealt with too many coaches who are comfortable with that sort of thing because it can sound, you know, excessively syrupy. And Sullivan isn't that. But Sullivan does understand that on this specific subject, meaning Sid, almost nothing that he can say could be considered over the top within their own world. And he maximizes the Sid impact inside that world, inside that locker room. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. Look, I'll repeat that I I don't feel like this game was a great big rah-rah moment in the season. But there was a lot of a plus component to take from it. A, bouncing right back after the game against the Rangers. It took a little while, but they summoned just enough. B, immediately and authoritatively erasing that Devils game and really the whole three-game losing streak that preceded this. But C, I think, is the biggest. And that's that Sid continued to demonstrate not only what the Penguins can be, but also, if I can get a little negative here after a win, what they need to continue pursuing, meaning Sullivan, meaning Ron Hextall and Brian Burke. Because this supporting cast isn't getting it done. We see on a regular basis how it needs to be done and how the Penguins succeed when they apply the Mike Sullivan system, when they perform with the same passion that we saw from Sid this weekend and others. I don't mean to just isolate on Sid. There's a lot of guys who played well. But it it starts with Sid. That's why I'm taking this particular route. But what they can't be expected to do is to keep carrying passengers, to keep carrying players who are treating their shifts as if they are killing time and then skating safely back to the bench. Of course, I'm still talking about 
Zach Aston Reese, Dominic Simone, to an extent, although they've produced at various times and have more talent, Kasperi Kapanen and Evan Rodriguez. They're putting up zeros game after game after game. And on top of that, they're not really even creating anything. If you want a good example of someone who is, Danton Heinen's not scoring. Danton Heinen isn't putting the puck in the back of the net. But he's constantly creating offense. He's been a nice fit alongside of Genny Malkin. When you watch Heinen, Heinen looks like a player who could run into a nice little goal streak at any point. That doesn't even cross your mind with these other guys I just mentioned. And I'm going to keep beating this horse until it's seven feet deep. But you have got to at least allow for the possibility that somebody in Wilkes-Barre, somebody, anybody, Radim Zahorna, Drew O'Connor, could be a bigger piece for you in the playoffs than what you've seen from these guys. Look at Mark Friedman. Hadn't played a game in months, seems like. Goes out there this weekend for the first time in forever. Played really, really well. Maybe that'll hold up. Maybe it won't. But at least you get to see, you know? At least you get to find something out. And maybe that something will benefit you in the long run. Can't do that if you don't ever take the shot. When we come back, just one question. Today's J1Q comes from Kenny, who says, How good has Marcus Pedersen been back on the blue line? Certainly a stronger year than last. I feel like he's finally playing up to that contract. Well, Ken, I agree with you, first of all. Uh, I look back at Marcus's erratic showing last year. It wasn't disastrous. I didn't even think it was demoralizing. Uh, I believed in him throughout that based on what I saw when he first came over from Anaheim. This is a really good hockey player at both ends of the rink. And more than anything else, he is a really, really smart dude. I know I can say that sort of thing about a lot of people, but when I say it about Marcus, just put it in all bold, all caps. Uh, He's someone who's thinking his game, not just when he's playing but also applying himself when he's not. One thing that Marcus told me about three weeks ago up in Boston before the game up there against the Bruins was that he approached this offseason, this past offseason, a little differently than he had in previous years. He he wanted to, I, I don't want to say it, have a total overhaul of his game, because it's not like it was that flawed, but he wanted to examine what happened last season that didn't work. He didn't want to run from it. He didn't want to pretend that it didn't exist. And he didn't want to accept, for that matter, that you know he was just going to be some skinny third-pairing guy who gets his brains beat out every night. <laughs> Although that does happen to him occasionally. He's kind of a wiry 
guy. But I can also tell you that he and John Marino were both challenged and together by Hextall and by Burke before last offseason to step up and become a reliable second pairing for the Penguins. You mentioned the contract, and I'm going to guess that that's at least part of why uh, there's no GM in a cap sport who isn't concerned about getting value for the money in large part because of the cap space that's involved. The Penguins, for anybody who doesn't know, have the highest paid defense core in the NHL. So you'd better be getting everything that you can out of them, in parentheses, which is to say nothing at all like what Brian Dumoulin gave them last night, end parentheses. These guys, both of them, Pedersen and Marino, took that on themselves, worked with Todd Reardon, the assistant coach most responsible for the defenseman, and became better players. Yeah, we see hiccups. Once in a while, particularly with Marino. Marino's still pretty young and still pretty new to the NHL, we forget. But they've been very, very good. And it's been a big, big part of the success that the Penguins have had to date. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. And we're going to do another one of these tomorrow after I get back home. <laughs>